Hello, hello, everyone. This is Billy Carson, a.k.a. Forbidden Knowledge. Don't forget the four. <laughs> welcome, welcome on this uh, incredible Sunday afternoon here. Thank you for joining in to the Religion versus Spirituality Workshop. This is another one of my free workshops. And if you are a subscriber of Forbidden Knowledge, you get access to this and many, many more episodes of shows documentaries, movies, et cetera, as we continue to build our catalog of content for our subscribers. If you are not a subscriber, you will have to take a free trial, a three-day free trial, and you can still access this video and watch it for free. And after the trial is over, if you decide to stay on, you can, or before the trial ends, you can actually cancel. There's no pressure here. There's no contracts. The subscription is only $7.77 a month, $7.77. And uh, for what you're getting, the knowledge and wisdom that you're getting from watching these shows, documentaries, movies, lectures, workshops, it's just, it's priceless, absolutely priceless. So thank you to everyone that has taken a, a shot at a free subscription, as well as everyone that has uh, already been an active subscriber. I really appreciate every, every single one of you guys and gals, okay? So today is going to be a great workshop. I'm going to pull up the live chat here on my phone so I can have access to it. From time to time, you will see me looking up. That's because I'm probably reading from my PowerPoint, which is right above this camera. So if you see me looking up, I'm, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just looking up to my, my screen, um, maybe to some notes or a PowerPoint or whatever I'm showing you guys on the screen at any particular time, just to give you a heads up, all right? But I just want to let you know that. And um, I am going to monitor the live chat from time to time. I can't keep my eye on it 100%. Uh, because it's just me today uh, by myself. But in the future, we're adding a live chat function that will show up right on my monitor here so I can actually view the live chat while I'm looking at the screen. So that's all in the works. Another upgrade to the Forbidden Knowledge TV live stream platform coming very, very soon. All right. So I'm pretty excited about that. Uh, let me also go in here real quick and do one quick notification to some of the people that are looking to get on today just to make sure everyone has an opportunity uh, to get access to this video and watch it today. And I'm going to also add this to the home screen of Forbidden Knowledge TV, just in case anyone's having a hard time uh, being able to find it. So I'll add it to the home screen of the app. So anyone on Apple TV, Roku, Amazon Fire TV, um, the iOS app store or Google Play app, the web, even if you pull it up there on the web, and also Samsung TVs. Now, if you didn't know, we are now streaming on Samsung TVs. So you can go to your Samsung TV app store in your uh, apps uh, search tab, and you can look for Forbidden Knowledge TV, install the free app, and then you can access all of our great, amazing content right there via your Samsung device, okay? So that was huge for us to get, to get approved for Samsung TVs. We put the press release out about a week ago, and we're really excited and happy for that. So thank you, Samsung. And we have web iOS or iOS web coming very soon as well. So we'll continue to add our app to as many platforms as we can. It's very expensive, but also very necessary. Very necessary. Okay, so that's what we're doing. Okay, let's see here. Let me see if I can get to this chat on this device. So I can just monitor. All right. Let's see here. 
Great, fantastic. Looks like we have a lot of people in here. Somebody says, Sterling says, Sterling M. Fortner says, my first live. Hey, well, welcome to the live. Salomon James has been waiting, excited to receive this esoteric knowledge. Bridget Riggs, yeah, continue the download. I'm sorry, yeah, the countdown. <laughs> All right, great. So, uh, and Beline Vidrio says, can I watch this workshop on 4BK at a later time? Yes, you can. If you can't sit here and watch this, uh, this workshop today, you can come back and watch it over and over again. It's gonna be streaming consistently on Forbidden Knowledge TV for everyone who's an active subscriber. You get access to this on unlimited amounts of times for as long as you're an active subscriber of Forbidden Knowledge TV. So you can replay it, watch it later. You can pause it, come back and watch it. You can download it into your device and watch it in an area where there is no Wi-Fi or internet available, or if you wanna save cell phone data, very, very flexible, all right? So it looks great. Everybody's hopping in here. It looks like we're getting quite a few people in the chat. Uh, we're 35 comments in the chat right now, so that's great. I just wanted to make sure that everything was working properly and that everybody's uh, everybody's getting in here. So this is great. LaShondra Johnson, Adrian D. Banks. All right, great. So we're going to go ahead. Without further ado, we're going to go ahead and get started. Now that we know everything's working properly. My audio is coming through clear. Um, people are in the comments. Comments are building up very rapidly, which is phenomenal. Thank you for that. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and um, go ahead and uh, start a PowerPoint. And the reason why I'm using a PowerPoint is not because I don't have the information in my head, because I do, but because this is one of my methods of teaching. Is two reasons. One reason is I got I bring you the receipts. I bring you information. And a lot of the information that you'll see in my uh, lecture today, you'll be able to look up and research for yourself. And these talking points that are on the screen will allow you to actually take screenshots, snap, you know, with your phone or whatever, so that you can actually go back, look at it later, uh, and actually look up the information for yourself and find out, you know, where this information came from, look deeper into sources, and just get a better understanding of what's going on with humans on this civilization, on this planet, for yourself. Get your own perspective on things. I'm a big, huge believer in that, okay? Don't take everything just because I said it. The best thing you can always do is dig into things and research them for yourselves. But the reason, so that's one of the reasons why I bring my research to the screen so that people can go, well, <laughs> listen, this guy's done, done the homework, and now it's time for me to, for me to do my homework, all right? And that's, that's why I do it. So let me uh, jump back over here real quick. And I'm going to pull up a PowerPoint. Let me just go full screen on my side here. I'm looking up now because I'm, I'm actually going to bring this PowerPoint up. And let's go here. I'm really loving this new studio setup that I have here now. I'm loving the quality of the video. I'm loving the quality of the audio as well. All right. Okay, beautiful. All right, guys. So I think we've given everybody enough time to hop in here. One last quote I want to say, because I love this here. April must have heard me say this before. I utilize whatever does not insult my soul. That is what made me say yes to joining my first live. Thanks, Billy. That's April Clark. Thank you, April. I appreciate you. 
So uh, religion versus spirituality workshop. Why did I do this workshop? Why did I decide to do this talk? I decided to do this talk because over the years, as some of you have known that have been following me, I have been talking about different religions from various times and breaking them down and uh, basically, you know, showing you where they have a lot of holes in their theories and how their dogma literally affects human beings from the time you're born all the way until the time you die. And it puts us in this cycle of uh, continuation of fake news and fake information. Now, we don't have the, you know, a lot of people don't have the capability of discerning what is real within that religious text and what is actually fake. And I've gone through over a thousand scriptures, cylinder scrolls, papyruses, cuneiform tablets. I've gone to indigenous countries. I've gone and, wa and, and walked amongst the people. I've talked to the sages and the elders. I've touched hieroglyphs. I've been everywhere, as you've known from all of my photos and videos from traveling around the world nonstop. I've been traveling for 25 years around this planet. And what I found is that when religion grabs a hold of someone, it literally takes them almost forever and sometimes never to be able to understand there's a much bigger picture and that they've been trapped into a system that's kind of put them into a box. And I really want people to be able to understand that in order for human beings to get to the next level, we have to break out of this box. Sometimes when I talk about these topics, people tend to think that I'm an atheist or I don't believe in God. It's actually, they haven't been, they've heard me, but they weren't listening. They, they heard me, but they really wasn't, weren't listening. What I'm about is I believe in a creator, and I've said this a thousand times on a thousand interviews. Why do I believe in a creator? Because the mathematics, the quantum physics already proves that there's a creator of this realm that an entity or possibly entities outside of this universe, they're not inside here with us, created this, this, uh, this realm. I call it a fractal holographic matrix because um, if you don't know what fractals are, I did a whole you know, three-hour class on fractals. Maybe I'll do a fresh and up-to-date one with newer and more information as well. But we're living in a fractal holographic matrix. It doesn't mean that we're not real, but it means that the divine spark that created this software this program code that we're operating and we're fully immersed in is made of light we're living inside of a light matrix as above so below we create light matrices with our our, our uh, programming codes and we put them into video games and we put them onto internets and we put them into metaverses we do the same thing that was done to us because it's encoded into our dna it's encoded into every single atom in our body we create the same exact universes that we're living in we create a video game like the sims which is an actual universe we create a video game like no man's sky which has 80 quadrillion planets and unlimited life forms and the game never ends it's driven on the mandelbrot set fractal holography okay and so we've done the same thing that basically has been done to us what is the big bang when the console turns on <laughs> in the sims right and so we're looking at a situation where we're just duplicating what has already been done to us or how we or how we arrived here. A creator, a master programmer, put down a code that creates this realm. We know that Professor James Gates Jr., who was a professor at the University of Maryland, used to be the former scientific advisor to Obama during the Obama era. He actually uh, is one of the world leading leaders in supersymmetry and theoretical physics. He put together a super team 
of theoretical physicists and experts in supersymmetry, and they took on the huge task of cracking the code to what is the nature of the universe? What is this soup that we're living in? What, in every Planck unit of space-time, what is actually here? And what was interesting was he discovered that we are living in a program, and the program code is written on something called adinkras. And these adinkra codes were originally uh, uh, put out by the Dogon tribe. They would put these adinkra symbols in clothing and materials and etchings into caves and buildings and structures, wherever they could put these codes. When we take these two-dimensional codes and put them into a three-dimensional format, they become something totally different. They become mathematical constructs, but not just any mathematical constructs. They become something called error-correcting codes. And we find that, well, James S. Gates Jr. discovered that these error-correcting codes that make up the ether of space-time or govern what we call the universe and all of its rules and laws are the same exact error-correcting codes that run your search engine web browsers, cell phones, and Google, for example. So what's going on? Again, more as above, so below. If you always want to know what's going on in the macro, look at the micro. Look at what's in front of you, and you'll, fi you'll find out exactly what's going on on the largest level. Everything that's going on here on this scale is going on above us, and everything that's going on here on this scale is going on beneath us in, in, in smaller forms when you get into the subatomic world. Everything can be mirrored from the smallest to the highest. And so what we're living in now, scientifically peer-reviewed science, we're living in a program. We're living in a programmed matrix. So in essence, yeah, the Bible's correct. We're living in a creation. The fractal holography is the description of the type of matrix that was created and how it was created. The Bible doesn't say what type of matrix. It just says the word. Now, the word is sound. That's frequency. So we know frequency had a lot to do with collapsing this wave into existence in this third dimension. But that's a whole other workshop I can go into so much deeper. I really want to begin to get into what we're talking about today. I just want to give you kind of a synopsis why I decided to do this. I want people to wake up and understand that we have to teach our next generation to do better when it comes to religion. We can't be beat it out of them. We can't yell it out of them. We can't force it out of them. Everyone has to go on their own path and their own journey. But what we have to do is at least be able to give them an option. Because up to this point right now, unfortunately, when you're born, you're given a name, a race, and a religion, and you spend the rest of your life defending a false identity. This is the case. This is the nature of the world today. We're given a religion as soon as we come out of the womb. We're given a religion before we even come out of the womb. People are already praying over our over the mother's belly and and and, and praises and and prayers and this and that. And whatever those prayers are for, whatever, whatever they, religion they belong to, that's now encoding into your cells through cymatic frequencies. So you come out and now you've been given this thing, and you haven't even had a chance to research it, study it, or make any object objective thoughts about it for yourself because it was forced on you and now it's become part of your culture. And so this happens from generation to generation to generation. 
And even though there's a lot of falsehoods in the teaching and a lot of contradictory information in the teaching and a lot of information left out in the teachings by accident on purpose, it, uh, it's never really looked into in depth and it's just continued to pass on for thousands of years. And it's one of the biggest things holding mankind back. And so that's what we're going to take a look at today. What is the difference between religion and spirituality? It may start off a little dark in the beginning, but I promise you, we're going to get to the light. We're going to get to the light. One thing you have to understand is most religions on this planet, <laughs> they're worshiping aliens. If somebody is in a religion, I don't care what religion it is, we'll talk about the names of these religions in a second. And you say to them, hey, man, you know, you're worshiping an alien. Like, oh, I'm not worshiping. What are you talking about worshiping an alien? Well, where's your God from? Is your God an earthling? Is it a human? No, my God, God ain't human. Well, was he from Earth or she from Earth or is it from Earth? No, it's an alien. The definition of alien, look it up in the Webster's Dictionary. An entity or a being that is not from Earth. A person from another country. A person visiting another planet. If we get on a spaceship and go to Mars and land on Mars, we are aliens on Mars. If I get out of my, we get on an airplane here in the United States and fly to, I don't know, Japan, I'm an, I'm an alien in Japan, right? Well, on every level. If I'm claiming to be your God and I'm not from your planet, I wasn't born out of a womb of a woman to walk around in flesh and so forth and so on and and I claim that I'm not from here. Even Jesus, who came out of a womb, says, I'm not of this world. Well, then you're an alien. And that's what we have to realize. We're, we're, we're dealing with people that are aliens. Now, what's interesting is we have this thing called the force. And the force, it, it, it's imbued into every single atom and every single um, person's body and everything that exists throughout the entire universe. It's the divine spark, divine energy, the same divine spark that created everything that we know to be in the entire known universe is inside of your body as well. And this energetic force exists at every Planck unit in space time all around you. We're fully immersed in it. And it gives you, you have access to it. You can tap into that source power. Not only is, is it in your body, but it's you breathing it. It's prana. You're walking in it. You're swimming in it. You're flying in it. You're driving in it. It's everywhere. You can't escape it. it it's, in, it's in everything. It's everywhere at all times. It's everywhere at every Planck unit in space time. And now the ancient mystery schools would teach, uh, you know, thousands of years ago to uh, adept initiates. That's how you got in. You had to be an adept initiate. You weren't just allowed to walk into a class. You had to be handpicked. You were taught how to use this energy, this source energy, this power for the power of light to bring peace and balance to the universe. Now, this is an actual ancient Kemetic teaching. The ancient Kemet people, they had people called the Jedi, D-J-E-D-I, Jedi. They were Jedi Knights. Oh, you thought Star Wars? <laughs> you thought you thought George Lucas came up with that originally? No. The Jedi are from ancient Kemet, before it was called Egypt. And they were in these mystery schools. I talk about this in my Egyptian mystery school, which is on Forbidden Knowledge TV. So if you want to learn a lot more about the origins of the Jedi Knights, 
and a lot more about what their mission is and how it works, you got to watch my Egyptian Mystery School series. There's 39 or 40 episodes on this TV network exclusively. You can only watch it here. But the Jedi, uh, the Jedi were on the light side, but there were the Dark Brothers, according to Thoth, the ruler of the land of Kim for 14,000 years, according to the ancient pre-dynastic Egyptians. There were the Dark Brothers, and Star Wars called it the dark side. <laughs> so you see George Lucas, wise man. He went to ancient texts and tablets, did his research, and created a whole multi-billion dollar movie series out of true stories. Of course, Hollywood has added its little pieces to it to spice it up and, and make it uh, enticing and make it entertaining. However, Star Wars is a little bit of edutainment, if you know what I mean. But the, what the point I'm making here is this divine spark, this divine energy can be used for light or it can be used for dark. After the, after the Second Pyramid War about 5,000 years or close to 5,000 years ago, a lot of these beings that were teaching these ancient mysteries and teaching mankind and building these cities all over the world, they started to leave the planet little by little. And Earth became an abandoned seed colony. Abandoned. We just left here like little children on this planet, trying to figure our way, feel our way through the darkness and figure out what to do next, right? And um, a lot of these ancient mystery schools were still in action, you know, from some of the wisdom that had been passed down and it passed down and passed down. Eventually, some of these mystery schools realized, hmm, this information is so powerful, I can actually utilize it to manipulate people. Hmm. I can actually utilize this to control people. I can actually utilize this to dominate people. And so they began to understand how to use the force for the dark side. These are the dark brothers. You may know them as secret societies, you know, Illuminati and Skull and Crossbones and all these different secret societies that we know actually exist. And so these people came come from a line of knowledge and wisdom that started off positive and upright and amazing and uh, only enforced lightness and balance and, and truth and life throughout the universe, they took it and they remixed it, understanding how to utilize and access and tap into that source power, understanding the power of vocalization, understanding the power of, of programming. They began to utilize it for darkness for their own internal, greedy, selfish, power-hungry power needs. And that's how the dark side separated from the light side. When it started out as light, the darkness followed. And today, we are predominantly, um, you know, being uh, these, these secret societies predominantly are all about the dark side. These are the dark brothers that Thoth warned us about that are walking amongst men, uh, you know, basically, uh, disguised as men, but really walking like men, but unlike men, hiding in the shadows behind the scenes, pulling strings of the puppets, they're the puppeteers, and creating the reality, reality that they want on this planet for the power, purposes of power and control. And it's the Jedi's knight's job to fight and bring back balance. And that's why in my episode of Egyptian Mystery School, uh, I, I'm literally talking about us the, the Jedi who are awakening 
to consciousness and awareness and the synchronicity to Osirian or Orion, same thing, on this planet, to move together in unison to bring back balance to the universe. Let's look at what I was talking about earlier, just briefly. Virtually all religions either worship aliens or believe in aliens and don't even know it. Let's have a look at the definition of alien. I said, I told you earlier, you know, uh, an entity from outer space, for example, someone that's not from here. But let's look at this. Christianity, 2.1 billion people worship Jesus. John 8, 23. And he said unto them, you are from beneath and I am from above. You are of this world and I am not of this world. That means not from earth, a.k.a. alien. I'm talking about an entity that claims to have been or people claimed that he was a virgin birth. What's interesting is when you look into the Apocrypha text, you discover that his grandmother, Mary's mother, was also a virgin birth. Wait a minute. You didn't know about that, did you? What is all this virgin birth going on? Well, that's artificial insemination. In some way, I personally believe that Yeshua, not Jesus, because Jesus is a fake name. That means Hail Zeus. But Yeshua uh, is an artificial insemination into the womb of Mary for the purpose of a new type of genetic experiment. And that's what I really believe, that he's probably half human, half Anunnaki, most likely a demi, what we would call a demigod. Uh, and was able to um, come through a womb, grow, and, and have retention of knowledge and wisdom from his ancestry, from his bloodline. I don't believe that Yeshua was uh, uh, in, in any way sacrificed or killed on any cross because there are many, many texts that contradict what the mainstream canonized Bible talks about in where it says that he was crucified on a cross and whipped to death and hung, you know, he hung there until he died and blah, blah, blah. No. If you look at the Sinai Bible, which predates the King James Version of the Bible, there is no crucifixion at all. Never happened. Matter of fact, he goes on to live a life. And uh, in Harvard Seminary, they just discovered a few years ago the book of Jesus's wife. So he got married, most likely had children, and that would be the Merovingian bloodline that still is walking the planet till this very day, covertly behind the scenes. Islam, 1.3 billion believe that the prophet Muhammad was meditating in a cave of Hira by himself when the angel Gabriel, who's supposedly not from earth, descended, which means he came down from above. He wouldn't walk up to him, he came down from above and told him to recite the Ikra, the words of God, even though the prophet Muhammad was illiterate at the time. So Muhammad had to go get another person <laughs> that knew how to write. And so here's this alien coming down to this dude. He's telling him, hey, uh, I need you to write this stuff down. This guy goes, man, I'm illiterate. I don't know how to read and write. Well, go find somebody. And so then he goes and finds somebody that can write. And then you got this alien talking to Muhammad and then Muhammad's telling this other guy, write this down. And so it's this process of you tell me and I'll tell him. You tell me and I'll tell him. And that's how they wrote the Quran. Okay. <laughs> and people will kill you over that information because it has happened. We're going to get into the holy wars very, very soon in this, in this workshop. Aliens. Hinduism. 851 million Hindus 
hold that the cosmos is populated by numerous deities and spiritual beings, gods and goddesses or divas, who actually influence the world and who interact with humans, again, not from this earth, aliens. You can't, they can't escape it. You can't, see, when you lay the facts down before people, there's no way to escape it. There's no way to run away from it. There's no way to hide from it. You can't deny these statements. You're dealing with aliens. They're worshiping aliens. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm just saying it's aliens. These people are afraid of aliens, but they worship aliens. Buddhism, 375 million. Okay, they have certain branches of larger Buddhist tradition, including the Mayana, include a variety of gods and goddesses who are also not from Earth. Uh, Buddhism is a great religion. It's got a lot of great spiritual teachings in there. Uh, you know, for the most part, it's non-violent. And, but again, it's aliens. Mormons, 13.5 million. The angel Moroni, who's not from Earth, he descended from heaven. In, uh, in Mormonism, an angel visited Joseph Smith on numerous occasions, beginning on September 21st, 1823. This is New Age religion stuff. According to Smith, the angel was the guardian of the golden plates, which the Latter-day Saints believe were the source material for the Book of Mormon which was buried in a hill near Smith's home in Western New York. Again, so now we have another alien that comes down, talks to a guy, say, hey, man, dig up these tablets right quick. There's some information on these that you need to start a whole movement with. And that's exactly what he did. So another group of people worshiping an alien, praising an alien, getting their information from an alien. And I do mean alien, somebody who came from another place, not from Earth, this angel, according to the Mormons, was not born on earth, didn't come out of a woman's womb. There's no hospital record that you can go find where it was born and grew up as a person. Came from space. Alien. Alien. So for everyone who's said, I, I just want to be able to talk to people and tell them like, hey, you know, the people that you're, you know, you're praying to are aliens. Well, let them watch this show. This is indisputable information. They can't dispute this. They can't wish this away. The only thing they can do is be, get angry at you and run. There's nothing that you can do to say this is not accurate. There's not one thing. The only thing they can do is fabricate additional information or get angry. That's the only two things they can do. They'll probably do both. Okay. So religion, it reinforces and promotes social inequality and social conflict. It helps convince the poor to accept their lot in life, accept your current conditions. And it leads to hostility and violence motivated by religious differences. This perspective focuses on the way in which individuals interpret their religious experiences. Now, I was supposed to do a video on Islam and the ills of Islam, not the American version of Islam, but the Arabian, the Arabic version of Islam uh, from, the, from the Middle East. Middle Eastern version of what's going on over there with Iran and Iraq and Afghanistan and all these places, even down into Egypt. And I wasn't able to put it up on YouTube because it was people were I had put a thing, you know, a, a schedule up that I was going to go live and do it. And I guess so many Muslims contacted YouTube or whatever. I wasn't able to get it done. I was able to put it back up again, reschedule it. And then I got a few threats. I didn't even want to tell Elizabeth about it. But I'm going to do it live on Forbidden Knowledge TV because it has to be talked about. What we're talking about here is violence, 
motivated by religious differences. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about Islam in this video today and what they did to the Egyptians uh, very shortly. But it promotes social conflict, difference, bullying, discrimination, inequality, harassment, exclusion, sexism, stereotypes, racism. This is what comes out of religion. Spirituality doesn't even understand those concepts. It doesn't even understand those precincts. It doesn't even understand those words. Those words can't even come out of, out of a spiritual person's mouth. The problem with people that are into religion is they think they're spiritual because they can't, they haven't understood that religion and spirituality are two totally different things. If you're religious, you're religious. If you're spiritual, you're spiritual. Spirituality and religious, they just don't go together. You just can't have both. You can't have your cake and eat it too. You just can't. Either it's dogma or it's freedom. That's it. Those are your only two choices. You can't have your cake and eat it too. The problem with religion is it, it creates a division and a divide. It creates a divide and conquer that has persisted for thousands of years. Uh, my God is better than your God. What's going on in Israel right now and the, with the Palestinians, right? You have the Israeli military every single day oppressing people who are the Palestinians on the, on, on the bank, West Bank, right? What are they doing to them? Why are they doing this? Why are they oppressing these people? Why are they putting them under military control? Why do they kick them out of their houses and force them to be homeless and then take over their houses and move in? The same thing that Hitler was doing to the Jews, these Israeli people are doing to the Palestinians. In modern day, right now, today, and America sends them $20, 30000000 million a day. Why is this? Because they believe that their God is better than the Palestinians' God, that the Palestinians are worshiping the wrong version of God. And so because of that, we own you, and you don't deserve to even live. You're an infidel. You're nothing. You're mud under our feet. Every single day, Israeli soldiers aim their guns, these snipers aim their guns at kids, Palestinian kids playing in the field, and pick them off. Boop, 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 kill them. Kill them, kids. They're killing kids. Why? Because they worship the wrong God. I remember my son, Justin, he came to me and he said, man, this is really horrifying. He showed me an article where some Israeli troops were killing Palestinian kids. And he told me that he had told his grandfather on his mom's side, his grandfather on his mom's side is a pastor, Pastor Thomas. And his grandfather told him that kid deserved to die because he's worshiping the wrong God. Do you see the dogma? Do you see the ignorance in this? Do you understand what's going on? It's ridiculous. And all of that is because he was born and fed this information, and he believed it his whole life all the way till now. He's a grown man, grown adult, now in his late 60s, 70s, and his mind is so twisted that he thinks a child deserves to get shot because he's worshiping the wrong God. It promotes violence. It promotes division and separation. The other thing that it promotes is racism. Religion promotes racism. 
it heavily promotes racism. I mean, it's very plain to see. You look at the different sects of the different church. You look at the different denominations of the churches. Okay? You look at the denominations. It's all broken up into many denominations. And in some of these denominations, in some of these southern church areas, you can't walk into them. You, you, a black man can't walk into one of them churches. You can, but you're going to be looked at like you're crazy. You're going to maybe even ask to leave. It promotes racism. It promotes separation and division. My denomination is better than your. Now we got the same God, but evidently that ain't good enough. My denomination is better than your denomination. And no, your denomination sucks. My denomination is the best. The one I, I, I'm Protestant. No, I'm Baptist. No, I'm Pentecostal. This is why the aliens don't talk to us. <laughs> this is why. And you, and you will be killed over your belief as to which one of these uh, subdivisions of Christianity you, you believe in the most or don't believe in the most. You, you'll, you'll be killed for that. You can be shot dead on the street over an argument over your, sub to, your subtitle underneath the religion. It's ridiculous. Come on, man. And then the bullying. You go to church. They don't like what you got on. This ain't good in the eyes of God, right? And all they do is gossip. All they do is talk crap about you. You go to a kingdom hall, which is the Jehovah Witness. They ask you all kind of crazy, intimidating questions. If they find out that you uh, you kissed a girl, you, you can be excommunicated from the kingdom hall. If they find out that you are interested in going to college, you could be excommunicated. You don't need college. The, 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 uh, you know, the brothers at the church will teach you everything you need to know. If you tell them that you're, you don't need to go through the brothers because you have a direct connection with God, you'll be excommunicated. It's craziness. It creates bullying, sexism. Women just got the ability to stand up and say something in church. They, that just happened. Women have been oppressed at every turn you can think of when it comes to religion. They couldn't walk into the synagogue. They couldn't walk into the temple. They couldn't walk into the church. They couldn't stand up. They couldn't say anything. And we just finally got to the point now where you can actually have a, a female pastor, right? Women couldn't even vote for the longest. They were just considered just as like a black person almost. So, uh, and if you were a black woman, you were a double minority. You were doubly oppressed. So it's pretty interesting, but again, religion. And, uh, you know, talking about how African-Americans or black people got into Christianity is a whole other podcast. But the short note is it, it's, uh, it was forced on us through raping and killing. And, 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 uh, and, and then it just became, listen, if you don't follow this, you're going to be whipped and beat. So now the next generation comes out, they're born into it, and the next generation is born into it. And the next thing you know, they take it and run with it. By third, third, fourth generation, hey, man, this is all we know. It's an ingenious neuroscientifical programming code that they were able to insert into, into different civilizations of people and force them to become subjugated to religion, religious systems. Okay? It creates a lot of favoritism. You know, I'm in the elite group of the 144,000, according to Jehovah's Witness. I'm going to go to paradise, and you're not, or Christianity. Everyone who hasn't given up, you know, uh, Jesus, who hasn't uh, admitted that Jesus Christ is their Lord and personal Lord and Savior, well, they're just infidels and they're going to be 
subjugated to a lake of fire and they're gonna they're not gonna make it to heaven but i'm good because i this is all you know this is ridiculous it it it, it, it attacks gender it attacks, attacks homosexuality now i do believe that homosexuality in some ways is being forced on a lot of people through uh peer pressure but i have friends and relatives that were born gay I mean, born gay. I remember being in elementary school with a friend of mine named Terry Larkin. And Terry, he's gay. He's gay right now. He was playing with dolls when I was in uh, first grade or second grade, hanging out with the girls, you know. Saw him years later at a school thing. Same way. Saw him years later as a grown man. Clearly homosexual. And there's nothing wrong with that. Anybody can be born in any different kind of configuration because you can't control the way your atoms are set up and the way your brain functions and fires off. Okay. So there are people that are born that way. I have a cousin who has been gay since she was a little tiny girl. She's still gay to this very day. She's older than me, but I saw her grow up that way from the time I was a kid. I already knew everybody knew it wasn't us. It wasn't peer pressure. It wasn't, this is back in the seventies. This wasn't, uh, uh, you know, talk shows and reality TV and, and social media, cell phones, beeper, none of that, none of that existed yet. This is just the way she was born. But then you do have another section of people that are forcing it and trying to create this whole agenda, which is, I, I, which is totally evil. However, when you go to church, if they find out you're gay, it's a problem, except that for the most part, a lot of people in church are homosexual. I discovered this as well by doing what? I used to go to church and sit there and just infiltrate and watch and learn and monitor and see. I did this. I did this before quite a few times. And what you find out is that a lot of the people there are homosexual. But then they are also chastised for being homosexual because somebody has to openly do it, even though behind the scenes they're really homosexual, even the pastors. So they got this whole big thing against homophobia, which is ridiculous. Uh, and it forces a lot of people uh, you know, out of the church because they feel embarrassed and ashamed. And those people sometimes get on medications and, and, and pharmaceuticals to handle the depression that they're put through from being kicked out or being uh, bullied. And then and some of them have committed suicide. This is all what religion does to people. Religion and politics. Ethical values of each religion can play a major role in politics. As a member of any religious community, people should express their uh, feel that people should express their political needs. The political leaders should regulate the practice of religion so that there is no discrimination and oppression. That's just my personal belief that there should be some type of regulation. You're not going to be able to eliminate religion right now. That's just the way the world is. Okay. But however, we have a situation here where um, because of your religion and because of how much money your religious uh, um, sect has to offer, they can actually be in a, you know, put themselves in a situation to lobby laws and, and rights and things into existence that another group can't do or get more favor here than another group, another religious group. And so there's a certain level of discrimination based on, uh, financial power when it comes to politics and religion. 
Also, you know that the United States, for example, I can only talk about the United States in this case, they primarily base politics off of Christianity, although the majority of those people have never even read a Bible. It's in God we trust, God bless America, and all this kind of stuff, right? Um, however, they don't have Christian values, the majority of these people. They just play the game. I remember when Obama was elected as a president. Obama wasn't a Christian. He didn't even put his hand on the Christian Bible to get sworn in. You don't have to put your hand on the Bible to get sworn in, in case you didn't know. It's not required. <laughs> and so he didn't put his hand on the Bible because he doesn't believe in the Bible. So the majority of people that voted for Obama because he was black were Christians, black Christians. They came out in droves. Praise God. Praise Jesus. We got a black president. Meanwhile, the same guy they praising this Yeshua to and all this other kind of foolishness and running out there to these voting box. They praising a guy who don't believe in any of their Christian values at all. None of them. Could believe it, believes in none of them. Matter of fact, the religion he believes in slaughtered millions of Christians. The Coptic Christians of Egypt, which we're going to talk about. Pretty interesting, huh? You see? Religion and politics is a deadly combination because it's all about complete ultimate manipulation. And because the dogma runs so deep in people, the politicians utilize that to control you and dominate you at every single turn when they literally can care less about that Bible. They can care less about what's in that book. These people don't even know anything about spirituality, religious systems or nothing. They just know how to utilize certain phrases and words to, to control you and to make you pledge allegiance to a piece of material, which they call a flag. I never pledged allegiance to no flag. Not one time did I ever say I pledge allegiance to the flag. The first time I heard that, I was like, what are they talking about? A flag? No, I'm not. I don't, I don't, I don't do that. <laughs> I remember I almost got suspended from school. It was in Norland Junior High School in uh, Miami, Norland uh, area in Florida, Miami. Uh, the city was called Norwood. And they called my mom and said I was inciting a riot. I'm like, look, man, I'm not pledging no allegiance to a piece, a piece of material that has, to me, zero value. Now, you want me to pledge allegiance to humanity? I'll do that. To people, I'll do that. See, I knew early on this was a whole pimp game. I remember telling my mom, how long are you adults going to fall for this trick? This is when Jimmy Carter was in, in office getting elected. She's like, you know, you, you guys don't know Jimmy Carter. That's a long time ago. <laughs> and I said, and she said, what are you talking about? I said, this trick, this illusion of this election is fake. It's fake. It doesn't, it's not real. She was just laughing. I said, look at this ghetto we live in. It's going to be the same after, before, whoever the next guy comes. Matter of fact, that ghetto we lived in is worse today than it was even back then. Wild. Religion and politics, they prey on the religious people because the religious people, people who are sold completely into religion and become fanatics for religion, the easiest people to manipulate. I mean, I can ring you left, I can ring you right, I can make you do whatever I want to do. It's so easy to manipulate you because the dogma gives me control over your every thought. It gives me control over every atom in your body. I have complete domination and control over everything you do, hear, see, taste, touch, smell, 
feel. I know I can control everything I want you to see, what I don't want you to see. And you'll be happy as a pig in slop because you'll say, it's the Lord's will. <laughs> they got you coming and going. They got you coming and going and they sit back and they laugh. I've been around people that are in that at a high level. They just sit back. I just infiltrate. I infiltrate people. I infiltrate little groups because I got the financial means to, to walk indoors where a lot of people, they'll never be able to open a door, never going to get invited to see anything. I walk indoors. I have the financial means. I have the, doc, I have, I have the paperwork. And I sit back and I go, hmm, this is the game. This is the pimp game. This is the ultimate pimp game. I use a different word, but I don't want to say that on this. Children might be watching. I said, wow, this is pretty cool. This is what they're doing here. They're sitting back. They're laughing. They're laughing. They can care less. There is no such thing as a Republican or a Democrat. There is no such thing as a Republican or a Democrat. The only thing that exists is a group of elite oligarchs that torture men, women, and children worldwide. That for sure does exist. And all lambs in that voting line, I don't care if you're on the left side or the right side, you're all led to slaughter. When you get to the end of that box, there's a, there's a, a thing that comes down and just whoop, slices your head off. You know what I do every four years? I go to the voting uh, place and get in line like everybody else. And I get to the front of that line. You know what I do? I, fill out, I pick up a blank ballot and do a, a write-in ballot and I write my own name. Billy Carson. And I drop it in the box. You know why? There's only one person I vote for. I vote for me. Because what? I am my own president. I only believe that. There's, I don't believe in anybody else but myself. I believe in nobody or no entity else but myself. And that's why every four years, I go in that line and I wait just like all the other sheep. But I'm the black sheep. Literally and figuratively. <laughs> and I write my name. If you don't believe me, go on my Billy Carson official Instagram account. I took something that they consider illegal. I took a picture of my ballot years ago when I went in line. I don't know who was getting elected there. I don't know if it was, uh, might have been one of those Obama elections the second time. But I put my name on the ballot. I took a picture of it. I put it on my Instagram. I put it right in the box. I vote for me. And you should vote for you. You're the president of your own family. You're the God of your own family. You're the God of yourself. Stop believing in these poly tricksters and these religious figures. The combination of those two, potent domination over your life. And I mean potent. Political pandering for votes. Here was one example. Presidential candidates must publicly embrace a strong faith if they want to win. This is a known fact. You cannot run for any politic, uh, po po political um, position unless you embrace a faith of some type. You must do that. And if you don't do that, you are not going to win. Guaranteed. It's not going to happen. You must claim a faith. They know this, so they pick one. All right? In an incident in 2016, I remember when Hillary Clinton 
which was a lifelong Methodist, walked into a South Carolina bakery while on the campaign trail and struck up a conversation with a customer about the passage he was reading in his Bible, and their talk gained Clinton's gained Clinton his support. So he ended up wanting to vote for Clinton because he can resonate with her because she was digging into some Bible verses with him. Manipulation. Polytricks. Polytricks. What is a what what is what does politics mean anyway? Poly means many, and ticks mean bloodsucker. So you're talking about many bloodsuckers, many bloodsucking ticks. That's what they are. They're bloodsuckers. All right. And it's time for us to stop falling for these bloodsucking ticks. They're sucking the lifeblood out of your body and your family's body. Forced conversion. All over the world, religion has done has used forced conversion tactics to bring different religions to different regions of the planet, mostly Christianity and Islam. The problem with this is the techniques used. Forced conversion is the adoption of different religion or the adoption of uh, e-religion under duress. You know what that means? That means by force, guys and gals. That means by force. Someone who has been forced to convert to a different religion or e-religion may continue covertly to adhere to the beliefs and practices which they originally held while outwardly behaving as a covert. They call them crypto-Jews, crypto-Christians, crypto-Muslims, and crypto-pagans are historical examples. How did, how did these religions get spread around the world? How did they become, on every, every corner of the planet I've been to, I've seen a Catholic church. I was at the floating cities in Cambodia. Now, the floating city, if you've, if you've never been there, it's an amazing place. I'm taking people on a tour to Cambodia next November. Uh, if you're interested in that, go to ForbiddenKnowledge.com and click on my tours. You can register. I think there's like nine seats left. One of the places we're going to go is a floating city. It's a, it's, it looks like you're on the ocean. As far as the eye can see, it's just water. And I mean deep water. And there's houses on top of the water, floating houses, floating grocery stores, floating schools. Kids get in buckets and they splash around and play in buckets like they're outside in the front yard playing. Nobody has a car. Everything, everything is all by these little handmade boats with these little tiny um, one-cylinder motors on them. And, uh, and what's in the middle of this floating city? A floating Catholic church for people who believe in Hinduism, Buddhism. There's a monastery off in the, off in the distance, floating monastery. But the biggest structure there is a floating Catholic church. Everywhere you go in Mexico, there's a lot of hills. If you go to Mexico City, you're going to see hill after hill after hill after hill. And up the top of all these hills, there's always a church. What's this hill? What's underneath the hill? Those are pyramids. <laughs> Every hill that you see in Mexico, in Mexico City, were pyramids. That the tops were used, explosive were used to blow the top off and put a church on top. Mexicans, they think they're Latino. <laughs> They think they're 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 they they're Spanish. They're here. I'm, I'm a Spanish. Her no, you're not a Spanish heritage. That's not your dialect. 
You speak Spanish because your ancestors were raped and beaten and forced to speak Spanish and forced to follow that religion. Your original tongue is the different tongues of the Mayans and the Aztecs. You're an indigenous Mayan or an indigenous Aztec. You're not a Spaniard. You're not Mexican. You're not, a, you're not even Mexican, really. That's just a name that's a more recent new name. You guys are Mayans and Aztecs, indigenous people. They were forced into a change of tongue and a change of religious beliefs. And what dominates Mexico today? Christianity. Because those people came here with swords, weapons, guns. You take the leader of a community. They do this in every continent. They take the leader of your community, the chief or the sage or the elder. Tell them to follow us. Tell them to listen to us. And if he says no, okay. Tie him up. Tie, go ahead. Tie him up. Tie him up. Let's begin the torture tactics. So they torture the most powerful person of their community in front of everyone if they don't agree to convert everybody. And after they torture that person to death, what do you think happens? People go, shoot, I don't want to, I don't want to go through that. Okay, what do we got? What do we got to learn? What do we got to do? So now they've been tortured into learning this new language, tortured into learning this new religion. And by the second and third generation, those babies come out with a forced religion on their backs. They don't know why, who, why, where, when, what. Original languages, the original lexicon and dialect, they're fading away. Very few people are holding on to that. The next thing you know, it's a Latino community. <laughs> it only took about 150 years. That's it. Short period of time. That's it. Converted. Forced conversion. How did black people become Christians? The predominant religion for blacks is Christianity, in America at least. How did that happen? Rape, killing, murder, pillaging. Forced. Forced. And this wasn't spread around the world by love and light. It wasn't spread around the world by love and light. <clears throat> These people that, uh, <laughs> that are controlling the world are religious people from behind the scenes manipulating politicians, poly tricksters from behind the scenes. As you can see here, world leaders, world, United States presidents, they always got to go visit and kiss this hand of this pope. You ever notice that? And this pope with the white garb on is not even the one controlling everything. There's a black pope. I don't mean a black man. It's a pope that wears a black outfit. The black pope controls everything from behind the scenes. You have to contact him to get approval for every war that happens on this planet. The black pope. That's a whole other podcast going to do. Uh, for that's Because that's about at least I need an hour and a half for that one. But that's who controls from behind the scenes. <clears throat> I'm going to play a quick video here. And uh, before we move on, I'm going to pop it in from, from here. I already have it queued up for you. I want you to pay attention to this. We're going to talk a little bit about the Papal Inquisitions, where popes tortured and killed millions of people worldwide.
not care and sent them to the Judas chair. Fifty million tortured, killed, a river of blood the popes did spill. Fifty million people corrupts, tortured and killed. Absolute power corrupts, absolutely. Imagine being raised up and dropped down and see your anus on top of this thing until you bleed out because you weren't converting. <clears throat> they would insert this into a woman's vagina and then let it explode in the vagina, let it expand in the vagina, called the Pope's Spear, Pier, and it's in the museums today. It was also placed in the rectum of homosexuals. This is Christianity, this is all-knowing, God-loving. Church, a false morality, champions of torture and mortality. Champions of torture, but absolute forced conversion. Absolutely. The travesty of the papacy is nothing but a piracy designed to manipulate and not to educate. A lot of these torture tools are still available to be seen if you go travel to Rome and you go to the museums. They actually display these like they have a, a badge of honor displaying these torture tools.
All right, so <laughs> as you can see, we're talking about some pretty gruesome stuff, pretty dark stuff. Uh, it's really, really sick, really, really sick stuff that was forced conversion. And that was just a small amount. That was just, imagine, that was only about four and a half minutes of some of the tactics and techniques that were used to torture men, women, and children around the world as they began to take over and push out this Christianity to people and force convert people into their religious system. Now, <clears throat> if that right there hasn't shown you how dark the history of religion is, I don't know what else to give you. You know, you have religious conflicts where millions of people are always killed over these, uh, these religious beliefs and in the name of God. The taping rebellion, the 30-year war, look at that, 7.5 million people died in the 30-year war. In the taping reunion, 20 million people died. The Mahdi revolt, 5.5 million. The Crusades, 3 million. French wars of religion, 3 million. War in the Sudan, 2.6 million. The Albazian Crusade, 1 million. The Pathé Rebellion, 1 million. The Huai Rebellion, 640,000. Partition of India, 500,000. Cromwell's invasion of Ireland, 400,000. Human sacrifice, the gladiatorial games, 3.5 million. The Aztec sacrifice, 1.2 million. All over religious beliefs, guys and gals. <laughs> That's a lot of death. That's a lot of killing. So when people tell me that we're living in the end times right now and this is the end of days and, and the Lord is coming and all this, I laugh. I laugh at them. I actually physically, I laugh at them. You know why? Because they obviously haven't read history. They don't know what you just saw. They don't know about what I just read. Those are far more darker days than right now. Far more darker days. There's things going on in some countries that are pretty dark right now, but I guarantee you there's not three or four million people dying per day. Some of these numbers would, would, would need that to happen per day. That's not hundreds of thousands of people aren't being uh, slaughtered per day at this moment. There's no bubonic plague, which almost wiped out humanity. There's no black plague, which almost wiped out humanity at this moment. So, and if that's the case, we're not even close to the end of days. It actually, right now, is one of the best times to be alive. Now, for some people who may be suffering in Libya as a slave and places like that, it's unfortunate. But as a whole, if you take consideration of 8 billion people, uh, it's actually one of the best times to be alive. There's an, there, there are opportunities that are here that didn't exist back then. And right now... You're looking at a situation where millions of people have been slaughtered in the name of religion. And unfortunately, because of epigenetics, all those tortures and all those killings, and all those murders are inside of our bodies because from our ancestors, they're passed down generation to generation to generation. You have people walking around with depression, anxiety, PTSD. They don't know what the hell is wrong with them. What is wrong with me? I have a great life. I'm doing good. I'm smart. Why am I like this? Doctor just gives you more medication to make you even sicker. 
But the true source of the pain that you're feeling is from back then. All these religious tortures that happened, all the dogma that happened to your ancestors, all the forced conversion that happened to your ancestors, it's in your body in the form of epigenetic memories. And those memories are living themselves out in your reality and making you sick today. That's what's happening. That's the power of the effect of these, uh, these, these, these uh, religious wars in the name of God. The Muslims' conquest of Egypt. After the fall of Rome, Egypt became part of the Byzantine Empire until it was conquered by the Muslim Arabs in 641 current era. Throughout the Middle Ages, from its conquest by the Islamic Empire in the year 641 until 1517, Egypt was governed as part of a series of Arab, Arab caliphates. And what happened here? How come Egyptians, if you go to Egypt, and people just went to Egypt with me, I took 70 people to Egypt just a few months ago. And I'm taking another large group. Again, I'm taking two large groups next year. If you want to register, go to ForbiddenKnowledge.com. At the very top, there's a navigation bar. Look for the Forbidden Tour. You can register for a 10-day tour or a four-day tour if you don't have enough time. Okay, there's two tours there. Make sure you sign up for one of them. I'll take you to Egypt. You're going to see things you never thought were possible. However, when you go to Egypt, something stands out. A lot of the people are Arab, number one. And those aren't the original inhabitants of Egypt. The second thing is the majority of the people are Muslim. That's not the original religion of Egypt. And the third thing is the Egyptians... They don't even speak Egyptian. They don't even know how to speak Egyptian. They speak Arabic. They write in Arabic. They're taught Arabic in school, and they don't even know how to read hieroglyphs, the majority of them. They just started teaching that recently, I think two years ago, to kids, to Egyptians in school. How did this happen? What, how, how in the world could this possibly happen? Well, I'm going to tell you. These Muslims, these Arab Muslims, came to Egypt and wanted to take it over. And they went in there and they slaughtered all the, not all, but the majority of the Christians. I'm talking about with giant swords, cutting heads off, stabbing people through the chest, killing men, killing women, killing children. And the depictions of this slaughter, this genocide, are in Coptic Cairo, where we take our target people. They, we take them to these places, where which are now what they call Coptic churches, and in there, they have the depictions of the slaughter of the Arabs, killing them, killing their women, killing children, to force convert the area into Islam and steal the land, which they did. And then they built the city of Cairo and made that their new capital. This is religion. This is what, religious, this is what religion does. It's about domination, control, raping, killing, murdering. That's what religion is all about. It's disguised with love and light and bless you and we're here to help you and we're going to donate this and we're going to try to help this here and we're going to buy gifts for kids. And at its core, the people that run it at the highest levels, they're laughing at you because you fell for their trick. They're dominating the planet 
and making trillions of dollars doing it till this very day. Spirituality. This is the true answer to the solution for humanity. And if you look at this image right here, you'll discover that the focus light, the biggest part, the brightest part of the light in this photo is in the center of this person's chest. And that is extremely important to understand because it's telling you one important thing. The light is in you and it is literally in you. The light's not out here. The light's not over here. It's not up there. It's not the sun. The light is inside of your body. That's where the light's located. You are the light. Or you can also be the darkness. It's a choice. We live in a free will universe. <clears throat> Signs of spirituality. Experiencing connectedness with your higher self is a process. Some people want instantaneous results. You have to work just like you have to work to become religious and, 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 and follow all this dogma. You have to work to become spiritual as well. It's a lifelong process. Seeking your higher power can increase your spiritual vibration and induce positive emotions. Some of the signs are as follows. Important word there, positive, happy, okay, exuberant, full of life. Whereas on the other side, look what she wearing, look what she got on. Oh man, my, I, I'm Baptist and you, and I, you are Pentecostal. We better than you. Oh, you're black. No, I'm white. I'm a Democrat. I'm a Republican. God bless America. What? <laughs> what? No, this is the way. Feeling peaceful with meditation and other mindful practices. Avoiding negative people and behaviors. Feeling compassionate and positive. Asking questions about life and death. Finding meaning and purpose in life. Being hopeful when things are challenging. Believing that life is sacred and should be embraced. Having a greater level of empathy and intuition. Feeling at peace while being alone. Feeling connected with your soul. Having a strong sense of self-worth. Self-worth. Believing that life is sacred and should be embraced. Being in the present moment. These are just some of the beginning signs of spirituality. Notice how everything I just said in this one short image in this, uh, this slide are completely opposite of what we learned about the dogma of religion and the beliefs and how it controls and empowers and dominates. Totally opposite. Matter of fact, if you talk to a religious person about those um, attributes, a lot of them will get angry and tell you, you have to have your faith in God. And you're not God, so you, you shouldn't be able to do this. It's happened to me many times. Spirituality does not come from religion. It comes from our soul. We must stop confusing religion and spirituality. Religion is a set of rules, regulations, and rituals created by humans. 
which were supposed to help people spiritually. Due to human imperfection, religion has become corrupt, political, divisive, and a tool for the power struggle. Spirituality is not theology or ideology. It is simply a way of life. It's a lifestyle. Pure and original, as given by the Most High, spirituality is a network of linking us to the Most High, the universe, and each other. Do you see a difference in the feeling and the emotion that goes behind that release? Being able to understand that you can have a direct connection with your creator. You can have a direct connection with the universe. You can have the power of the creator inside of your body and you can actually access it and utilize it to create the reality that you want for yourself and others. Versus the opposite way where the dogma kicks in and you have to rely on an outside source. You have to beg an outside source. You have to rely on an outside source. You have to wait for this outside source to do something or not do something. You have to wait for a sign from this outside source. And if you can't tell when you saw the sign or you didn't see the sign, now you're confused, you don't know what to do. No. Spirituality is totally separate. It's a way of life. It's a knowing. And it's really relying on yourself. Religion versus spirituality. Religion is concerned with faith in the claims of one faith, tradition or another, an aspect of which is the acceptance of some form of heaven or nirvana. Connected with this are religious teachings or dogma, ritual prayer, etc. We know this. Spirituality is concerned with those qualities of the human spirit, such as love and compassion, patience, tolerance, forgiveness, contentment, and a sense of responsibility for your own actions a sense of wholeness and harmony, which bring happiness to both self and others. One of the biggest things in this, in this slide for me is your ability to have responsibility or take responsibility for your own actions. The problem I have with religion, one of the biggest problems beside all the wars and the killing and everything else that it promotes and the poly tricksters, is the fact that a Christian, for example, or any other religious person in most religions, specifically uh, Islam and, um, and Christianity, you can beg for forgiveness of your sins. And supposedly that's going to cleanse you again and give you another fresh start. Christians, well, you know, I, 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 you know I, I'm going to beg Jesus for forgiveness and now I'm good again. So what happens is, and if you're Catholic, you know, you, you go and you sit and you talk to a guy in a box and drop a couple of dollars and he tells you a couple of things you need to do and you're good, you're clean again, you're fresh, you're good to go. You go back home and beat your wife again and come back and see me tomorrow, drop off some more money. You know what I'm saying? Go, go go do that. Go smack your kid upside the head a couple more times. And when you come back, we'll clean you off again. You'll be fresh all over again because you don't have to. You're absolved of your responsibility. Don't worry about anything. Just go be an idiot out there and, and mistreat people, disrespect people. Do whatever you want to do because you just can just come back in here. We're going to won't he do it. And we're going to drop some penance and we're going to, you know. You're going to tell me your story, and then and we're going to clean you off again. And you, boop, right back out in the world. Go ahead. You're good to go. Keep doing this until you die. You're good. Just don't forget the money when you come back. You see? That absolves you of your responsibility. Spirituality, you take responsibility for your own actions. You realize that the one who is doing everything is actually you. When, you know, when I got at the, my 
when I really had a huge spiritual awakening, and, and I had been spiritual for a long time, but there's levels to this thing. I began to realize that everything that's going on in the world is because of me. <laughs> everything, good and bad. That's hard to swallow for a lot of people. Oh, no, what are you talking about? I'm a good person. Well, really, silence is collusion. Let me tell you what I mean. We all are silent when there's wrongdoing. Not 100% of the time, but wrongdoing could be something as simple as the system that we're living in. We know it's an evil system, but we don't say anything. We don't do anything. We keep participating in the system. We keep giving them their tax dollars. We keep giving them their loan money back. We keep we keep participating in their fiat currency system. We keep buying their, their oil that was stolen. We keep participating in all these systems that they put in place, even though we know that behind them, people are profiting and people are dying for us to get these resources. We don't stand up together. We don't come together and say, no, we're not playing the game anymore. We don't stop. We don't have enough power to stop. It's just me. If I stop, then they're gonna they're gonna arrest me, and I'm gonna they're gonna take away everything I got. The fear has has us locked. We have given them approval to do everything that they've done to us via our participation and our silence. That takes a spiritual awakening to understand and digest, and take responsibility for. I take full responsibility for my participation in the society that I'm living in right now. That's spirituality. Because now that I brought awareness to that in my mind, I can become an activist. I can, for, I can fight for change. I can create solutions from the religious mindset. It's them, them, them. It's the devil. The devil did that to them. The devil is making it happen. It, 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 you know, it's the devil. The devil made me do this. I got to go beg for my forgiveness and put money in that plate so I'm good again. You see the difference in the mindset? One is, oh, man, I'm looking in the mirror. It's me. Let me, what can I do to work on myself and become a better person? And what can I do to be a better person to help other people or provide solutions to change the way the system is working versus, no, no, it's, it's that one. No, it's that one. No, no, it's that, it's that one. No, it's the devil. It's Satan. No, it's it's. You see the difference? There's a big difference there, guys, a huge difference. And that's why spirituality, in my opinion, has way more power than religion. Because a person with true self-knowledge and self-knowledge of gnosis can change any reality in the blink of an eye. In the blink of an eye. Each cell, you've heard me say this before, guys, each cell in your body generates 0 0.07 volts of electricity. At 37.5 trillion cells, this is what we have in our body, that's 2.63 trillion volts in a human body. You are literally a walking nuclear explosion. The power is in you. The light literally is inside of you. We all have that in every single atom in our body. Our body is like a a gigantic power generator. And we have access to this power. And that power 
is is powered or fueled by a divine spark in my personal opinion the same spark that created everything that exists in the entire universe that same spark is inhabiting every atom every molecule every cell in your entire body this is where the powerful qigong energy comes from in reiki healing with the hands this is where the power for kundalini awakening and and self-knowledge and spiritual ascension it all comes from this the power is inside of you when people say the light is in you it's literally means the light is literally inside of you not outside of you the power is inside of you we have to take a journey to inner space and then when we manifest inner space when we understand and comprehend inner space then we can bring manifestations to the outer world it's not the other way around it doesn't start from the outside to come in it starts from the inside to go out and it takes energetic communication speaking from the heart okay operating on a positive frequency has the power to change lives science can prove this speaking from the heart can be as literal as it actually sounds and you can see the person on the right with the Taurus energy fields that scientists now know actually exists your heart generates this field around your body. It's the shape of a torus. And anybody who comes in contact with that field can sense and feel your energies. Even some of your hormones can be downloaded into their field because hormones leave the body and ride that same field like cortisol. So if you're stressed out and you're around somebody, you can make that person stressed out just because you're stressed out because your cortisol transfers through that field, connects to their field, and they download it into their body. I learned this at MIT one of the world leading universities when it comes to technology and science and on the planet. So it's not Billy Carson's off the dome thought. This is real science. A discussion from the heart and its energetic vibrations can affect energy. Dissonance can affect not only your life, but the energy and the vibrations of others. The organs of the body are powerful. They can emit some vibrations that con contribute to how others perceive us. Your own organs can transmit information to other people and animals, and they can actually perceive that energy, and they can get a reading about you, okay? This is incredible stuff that a lot of people didn't realize. Learn how you can significantly improve the quality of your life for yourself and the nearest people near and dear to you by controlling your frequency and your energy. So what is energetic communication? Energetic communication is the belief that your emotional state can affect and create vibrations and energy in the field that you emit. That the idea, uh, the idea that a positive attitude is critical. And the knowledge that we have of the power to shape our lives has been around much longer than Western thought. This is from the East. This concept is from the East, not from the West. West is... We're lost. <laughs> we, we really lost it. Ancient cultures and civilizations believed in energetic communication. Some form of it is ethos and has been around for centuries. The belief uh, of heart mantra that made its way into early, early Hindu teachings. Chinese medicine, such as acupuncture, forces on many of the chakras or energy fields and chakras exist in the body and are congruent with many different bodily systems. So now we're talking about understanding the chakra system through spirituality, you want to begin to learn the energy meridians that exist inside of your body. You want to begin to understand your body's energy field because that is where spirituality is coming from. It's coming and tapping in 
from your energy field and rising up out of you and going out from the inside out, not from the outside in. It starts on the inside and then it goes out. How you are affecting your reality. How are you creating your own reality tunnel in this world is based on what's coming from inside of you and coming out of you. The biggest trick that uh, I would say the devil has pulled, if you believe that there's a real devil running around, is that he's convinced people, and I mean by the billions, that the Bible is leading them to truth and light in heaven. When in true reality, the Bible was orchestrated in the format that, format that it's in by that same entity that they're running from when they're actually worshiping the same entity that, they, that they're trying to get away from and escape, which is this evil dark brother, this entity they call Satan the devil. I have made a whole video about this and I brought all my receipts. So if you want to go watch that, it's actually on Forbidden Knowledge TV. Is the name of the of the video on uh, on the episode on Forbidden Knowledge TV is uh, is God really Satan? So look that one up and watch that one. Okay, I go deep into it. The blockage of chakras of any kind can lead to adverse effects on all sorts of other systems. The heart chakra allows you to experience love, not only love for yourself but love for other people. One thing, in my opinion, that religion does it blocks the heart chakra because of the divisiveness, because of the divide and conquer tactics. It doesn't allow you to have unconditional love for everyone because you're taught that you're the best and we're the chosen people and we're the people of God and everybody else sucks. We're gonna pray for them, but we're the good ones. That's not unconditional love. Aside from love, your heart is open. You can find all sorts of events begin to occur. Once you communicate with your heart, you will be able to fulfill your ultimate purpose Opening your heart can give you many insights into the person you are supposed to be and who you are destined to become by opening your heart. Now, when you tell a religious person this, they're like, oh, yeah, that, that's me. Really? Okay. Well, why are you part of a subdivision of a religion? Why, is, why are you talking about we're here and they're not coming in here? because we're better than them. We're the, why are you talking about we're the chosen ones? That's not unconditional love. That's divisiveness, that's separation, that's divide and conquer. They have deluded themselves into thinking that this is how they operate, but they operate totally opposite of what this is talking about right here. Heart science and energetic communication. It has become increasingly clear Biological systems and the properties of the magnetic fields affect more than we fully comprehend. This is all, again, coming from the inside of your body. Fluctuations in magnetic fields will influence nearly any circuit or biological system. In the language of patterns, one of the critical ways that signs and messages are encoded and communicated manifests in psychological processes. It is well known that the information stores in time intervals in the nervous system. This information often refers to psychological communication. These communications are biologically meaningful information encoded between hormonal pulses, pulses in the heart and cardiovascular systems. We're talking about a communication system that occurs from the inside of the body with your naturally occurring magnetic field and your psychological processes coming out of your mind and your heart. 
We're talking about having silent communication. We're talking about the ability for you to communicate with the universe from the inside of your body outwardly. And it's all based on your mind state or your state of mind. Research has found that, uh, oh, sorry, it's well known that information stores in Tauka. Research has found that their coherence of mind and heart mainly influences the energy field. So how you are with your brain-heart coherence, are your brain and heart coherence, these two brains, you have three, your stomach is the third, but are these in complete alignment with each other? Okay, if they're in, li if they're, if they're in alignment, you're in a high frequency. You have the power and can control the energy you emit into the world once you realize this. The energy that you emit, the energy that's inside of you to come out. That's the power of spirituality. Walking in your true power and taking a frequency with you wherever you go that will raise the vibration of everyone in the room. And that's real science. That's verifiable and measurable science because i can put an eeg on your uh your head connected to a computer and i can have you get into a mind state of understanding and love and happiness and uh and walk into uh, and have you meditate on walking into a room and i can read the computer screen and i can see what your brain is doing i can see what frequency you're on through technology and i can see that you are in a position of power, divine power in that mind state. And then I can also do the same thing. I can have you go to a thought process of I'm better than them and my religion is the best and I'm a chosen one and so forth and so on. And I can see the frequency just drop. Drop, low frequency. The difference is measurable. Awaken your consciousness and begin to believe in the power of positive transformations. The consequence of dissonance, when one is not in a state of equilibrium, when the mind and the heart go into opposite directions, a person can feel off balance. When you're not in alignment with brain-heart coherence, when your mind is over here and your heart's over here, I know I'm supposed to be doing this, but this guy just cut me off in traffic, so to hell with this guy. That's, that's a misalignment. Get back in alignment. Somebody cuts you off in traffic. The first thing I do when somebody cuts me off in traffic, hey, first thing, I'm alive. I didn't crash. I didn't damage my car this time, thankfully. Now, whatever's going through this person, this person could be sick. They could be having a stroke. They could be having a seizure. They could have just got a message that their kid has got injured in class or school or a track meet or anything. We don't even know. Their wife just got something happened. Or they could have not been paying attention. Could have been having a bad day. Whatever it is, you know what I do? I bless this person. Yeah, I bless the person. I command that they make it to their destination safely. I give the blessing over their life. I don't go, hey, uh, Mr. Dude, can you bring that magic wand and, and, and uh, fix this? No. Me, I, I am the power in me. You have to understand that. How do you wield that power? Speaking from the heart, energetic communication, a low frequency vibration can be created by the body and the heart. Vibrations facilitate emotional information and can influence your perception of consciousness. So if you're in a low vibration, 
man, this dude, this son of a, you know what? And I'm gonna, I'm gonna chase him down, and I'm gonna flip him off. There's no power. There's no. Then you know, if you're a Christian, you can do all of that, and then you can go to church the next day and say, "Oh God, forgive me," and then you go back and flip somebody off the next week <laughs> because you've been forgiven last week. So you're gonna be forgiven again next week. Next time you do it, you never take responsibility for your actions. Scientists who work in energetic communication find themselves interested in emotions. The perception of these complicated humanistic qualities determined by our vibrational output. Scientists have been researching this. Spirituality and science work together. Religion and science don't go together at all. They, they, they hate each other. But science loves spirituality. They teach it at MIT. They love it because the quantum physics and the quantum mechanics is measurable. And they can measure the mind state. They can measure the heart state. They can understand it better. And the science explains how the spirituality actually works. It proves it exists, that it's not magic, that it's something that's palpable, that's real. Energetic communication does not mean you have to have negative emotions. That would be extremely unhealthy. This practice is more about not letting negativity from your feelings or experiences affect you so profoundly that you release negative vibrations. In other words, pass the negativity into your body, analyze it, process it, because you can't act like negativity doesn't exist. That would be dumb. Then you'll be stuffing uh, negativity and trauma in your body, and that will give you dis-ease, which turns into disease. But you must process this information, process the negativity, analyze it, feel it, and then release it, and then you move on. That's the power of spirituality. It's a fundamental part of the human nature to learn from negative experiences and trauma. Energetic communication means not letting the negative invade your positive thoughts. So the negative comes in and you process it, but you don't let it affect your psyche. You don't let it destroy you up here. You don't make it dominate you and control you because you realize that you have the power over your, li over your life. You're not your thoughts. You're the observer of your thoughts. I'll say that again. You are not your thoughts. You are the observer of your thoughts. And you must understand that. That you can become an observer and witness and orchestrate from a higher dimension of thought and control what's happening here in this realm. That's spirituality. It's about a difference in thinking before these behaviors become overly critical of the self or damaging. Speaking from the heart is all about the small conversations you are having with yourself all the time. And I speak, I vocalize to myself all the time. I speak out loud to myself. I want the cells of my body to hear my cymatic frequencies coming out of my throat because we know cymatic frequencies have power over water through scientific experiments and the human body is 70% water. So I want to create cymatic frequencies that are going to affect the water in my body and put me and keep me in a specific alignment. And it's worked so phenomenally for me for so long. Do things happen to me that I can't control? Yeah. Do I get blindsided by situations? Yeah. But guess what? I stay in alignment. And because I stay in alignment, I progress. I don't digress. What your mood can do. Evaluate the conversations you are having with yourself in your head. Okay, that's important. A lot of people are having bad conversations. 
they're outwardly presenting themselves to be positive and and upright and 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 um and strong, but inside they're weak and cowering and doubting. They're pretending. You have to know and understand the power that's already inside of you and understand how to wield that power and walk in that confidence of that power. Every time you think something negative to yourself, try to replace it with something kind. Okay, I, um, I, didn't, do the, I didn't do too good with this. I suck. Oh, wait a minute. <sighs> Let me think about something I did that worked out well, something I was successful at. Let me focus on that for 10 seconds and actually envision it. That will change your mind state just like that. <clears throat> Excuse me. Just like that. Blink of an eye. You may have noticed someone close to you can sense that you're in a bad mood or unwell. That's because they're picking up your frequency from your Taurus energy field. They're sensing it. <clears throat> it's not just, oh, uh, you said something to them. They can feel it. It's palpable. They can, because they're getting your emotions transferred into their body. Often you may not even have to acknowledge that you were feeling or how you're feeling verbally. You may not even have to have a specific look on your face. They just seem to know. This happens because you are speaking from the heart and those close to you can often pick up on your frequencies more quickly than strangers. This is because they are used to you and all of your emotions on all levels. They have a base level to compare to what they're feeling from you. And if there is a distinct difference between those close <clears throat> those who are close, you'll find that they'll pick up on it. So if you're with somebody frequently and often, they're able to pick up on your consistent level of frequency as to who you are. Energetically, who are you as a person? Everyone that you know has stored this in their body without even you, without themselves even knowing about it. When they get around you and you're in a lower state of mind, a bad, uh, a bad thought, bad energy, feeling bad about yourself or feeling angry about something or frustrated, your frequency shifts and they are now able to feel the shift because what they normally get from you as a field of energy is not the same. And they, their body knows what your field is. Just like they know what your face is, the body knows what your field looks like. And when the field comes, it's different. They go, oh man, there's something wrong here. This ain't the person I know. Got to ask them a question. What's going on? You okay? That's reading into spirituality. The base level to compare to the, the meanings, the, this means that energetic communication affects how others see you and your actions. It makes a statement to the world. These types of communication can be significantly contributing or negatively contributing to parts of your life. You may have to be, uh, may have been aware, may, I'm sorry, you may have been unaware of it. But if you emit a negative energy field, you could potentially repeal good things simply by being negative. But if you're always putting out negative energy into the world and you're letting your thoughts carry away and you're becoming your thoughts instead of observing your thoughts, now you could be pushing away opportunities. You could be pushing away blessings. You could be pushing away situations that will benefit you and your family and your legacy simply because your energetic field is off. You may not have said a word, but your self-talk, the universe hears it, your body, every cell in your body hears it, and that frequency has shifted, and people get into situations where they're consistently and persistently walking around out here with a bad energy field, with a smile on their face, 
They're pretending. They call it tears of a clown. That's what it's, it's called, the tears of a clown. And everywhere you go, you're pushing away opportunities. You're pushing away blessings. You're pushing away manifestation because you're not in brain-heart coherence. You're not operating from unconditional love. And you are full of self-doubt instead of self-positivity and great self-talk. So I'm going to summarize this as we wrap this up. And I want to thank everybody for coming on. But what is the difference between religion and spirituality, really? Religion keeps us from seeing ourselves as a manifestation of God, the way a wave is an extension of an ocean. Moving beyond religion leads us to the greatest freedom we can all know, the freedom to be who we are. Creative agents for justice and compassion. Religion is often about who's in and who's out, creating a new worldview steeped in us against them. Spirituality rejects this dualism and speaks of us and them. Religion is a man-made device and is often about loyalty to institutions, clergy and rules. Spirituality is about loyalty to justice and compassion. Religion talks about God, but spirituality is about loyalty to justice. I'm, I'm sorry, but spirituality is about loyalty to justice and compassion. Religion talks about God, but spirituality helps us to be godly or make us godly. The two need not be at odds. However, the religious folks often become radicals. We see it every day. More people have been killed over religious beliefs than any other reason in history. I study all beliefs from all cultures, and I utilize whatever does not insult my soul. There is good and valuable knowledge and truth in all ancient texts, and I also prefer spirituality because it allows me to have a personal relationship with my creator versus religion forcing you to go through pastors and clergy, which rely on more of a monetary system for support, making it vulnerable to greed and quest for power by the leaders. That is my summary and synopsis of today's talk. I want to thank everyone for coming on today um, and spending some time with me. If you can take this video and share it with other people and, you know, let them see this. And maybe, uh, you know, you, you don't know how to talk to someone who's overly religious or fanatical about a specific religion and you want them to hear a different point of view. Just share this video with them and, uh, you know, let them watch it. Don't say anything. Just share the video to them and let them have a look. If it starts to resonate with them or if it intrigues them in any way, they may watch some of it or all of it. They may watch a little bit at a time as they can handle a small amount at a time. Or they may not watch it at all. But you open the door. They have to walk through the door alone. All right. So, everyone, I really appreciate you. Uh, I thank you. I appreciate all your support. I want to show you a couple of things right quick before we wrap up today. There's a couple of great things going on. Uh, we have the Forbidden Conscious Awards coming very, very soon. And the Forbidden Conscious Awards are going to be held in Miami, Florida. And uh, let me see if I can find a picture here of the Forbidden Conscious Award venue, because I want you to see this. All right, let's see if we can add this to the stream. This is the Forbidden Conscious Award venue. This is where we're going to be. It's Adrian Arts Center in Miami, July 30th, 2023. It's going to be an amazing uh, award show. It's the Conscious Awards. We are going to issue our own award and have our own award show for our own selves. 
not for me in particular, but for people who are contributing to the conscious community in various different areas, influencers, podcasters, producers, writers, uh, music artists, uh, you know, uh, speakers, lecturers, uh, people who are not anomaly hunters, archaeologists, people who are fighting for the cause every single day with no or zero, very little recognition. Uh, and uh, and are deserving of getting some type of a recognition and award for the effort and the work that they've put into humanity. So we're going to have the first ever, first annual Forbidden Conscious Awards, Black Tie Affair, Red Carpet, the whole works, on the highest level. On Just like they do, right? They got high level. We deserve high level. On the highest level. We'll be putting information out very soon and where you can get tickets to the, come to the event and attend the event in person in Miami. And it's going to be a great, beautiful event. You'll get a chance to meet some of the greatest contributors to humanity in the world. And we're going to put them on Front Street and give you guys the ability to help vote for these winners. There'll be a voting system set up where you'll be able to vote from no matter what country you're in for a nominee for some of these people to get conscious awards. And then once we get the top three nominees in each category, there'll be 11 categories and one lifetime achievement award. So 12 total. Then you'll be able to go back and vote again to help us pick the winners out of each of the three nominees in each category. So you'll participate in actually seeing the people win that you guys feel deserve to be the winner. And it's going to be a great event. There'll be a special VIP session before the event where a limited amount of people will be able to meet the nominees and the winners uh, in a private area, private room, uh, have some more d'oeuvres and some, some light drinks and talk and mingle before we start the actual live event. And there'll be performances on stage. Havoc from Mob Deep, Donnie Arcade, Cruz. I'll be performing as well. Forbidden Knowledge, we'll have, we have some great hits together. Dame Dash, the, the entertainment mogul, he'll be there performing. It's going to be a great, great event. We're trying to get Red Band locked in. We'll see if we can get that contract signed. We don't have one yet. But it's going to be a great event, and it's going to be a lot of great entertainment. We have the world-famous Chris Spencer, uh, writer, actor, and comedian, who's going to be the main host of the show, as well as Jimmy Church, who's actually going to be the presenter of the awards. So it's going to be a phenomenal night. We're looking forward to it. You don't want to miss this. All right, Coming very, very soon. Also, another thing is another workshop I have coming up that I'm doing with Dr. B Serious. Hey everyone, Billy Carson here, aka Forbidden Knowledge. We have an amazing workshop coming up called The Blueprint for God Power, hosted by Dr. B Serious and myself, Billy Carson. Now, this event is going to be January the 7th. We're going to kickstart the new year with a lot of power and a lot of energy. You're going to get all the spiritual gnosis and understanding you need to get through the year. Plus, I'm going to bring hot topics and teachings, things like how to create your own bank, how to set up a will, trust, and a testament for your family the proper way, what types of life insurance policies should you choose, and how you can utilize that to fund projects and businesses in the future and how you can even access the money in those policies if you're still alive. I'm going to talk about a lot of financial literacy and how to link financial literacy with spiritual knowledge. This is something you don't want to forget. 
And I'm also going to dig deep into epigenetics and how you can begin to reprogram yourself live during the workshop and change and edit your own DNA. If you want to have an amazing 2023, you need to come on and tune into the live workshop streaming online globally, Blueprint for God Power, January the 7th. Click the link and make sure you register ASAP. Space is limited. Peace. It's going to be a great workshop. I'm looking forward to working with Dr. B. Serious. Eight hours of teaching. We're probably going to do 10 hours total because he wants an extra hour and I want an extra hour. So it's probably going to be a 10-hour workshop streaming here live, but you have to buy your ticket for the, to access that one. It'll be uh, on eventbrite.com. Just go to eventbrite.com. I'll put the link in the caption of this video as well so you can come back and click it. Uh, but it, it'll be on eventbrite.com. You'll be able to just type in Billy Carson. If you go to Eventbrite, type in Billy Carson. All the events I do, just like this one, will pop up, and you can just register there. And then on the 29th, I'm having my Manifest Destiny 2023 workshop. You want to kick the year off right and get some real manifestation knowledge, all new science, all new manifestation techniques. And I'm going to teach you how to manifest something into reality live during your workshop. I'm going to show you how powerful your brain, how your consciousness really is. It's going to be an amazing workshop. Uh, January 29th, which is Sunday. I'll be doing seven hours of teaching there. Elizabeth will come on and teach some trauma relief, and it's going to be an amazing day. So uh, again, that's on Eventbrite as well. Just go to eventbrite.com, look for the Manifest Destiny Workshop. Also look for the God Blueprint for God Power Workshop. Two great classes coming up in the beginning of the year to launch your 2023 off in the right way. All right. Anyway, guys, my time here is up. I got to run. Thank you so much for tuning in. Third Eye Love, I'll see you guys later. Peace.